0: بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم اللهم صل وسلم على سيدنا محمد وعلى ال سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم رب اشرح صدري ويسر لي امري واحلل عقده من لساني يفقهوا قولي سبحانك لا علم لنا الا ما علمتنا سبحانك لا علم لنا الا ما علمتنا سبحانك لا علم لنا الا ما علمتنا اللهم نور قلوبنا بعلمك واستعمل ابداننا لطاعتك ووفقنا لما تحب وترضى من قول وعمل انك على كل شيء قدير Respected elders and brothers, mothers and sisters, dear listeners, Assalamu Alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to uh, allow our coming here to become a means of hidayah for us and for our families. And may He allow us to hear and share that which is of most importance to us in our lives at this moment. And whatever needs we have come with to the masjid today, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to find that our needs are fulfilled and allow us to walk away. Uh, more than, uh, with more than what we were anticipating. Ameen Rabbil Alameen As always, we should always you know, renew our intention mm, why we're here and, uh, and make this niyyah that Ya Allah uh, allow, this, uh, allow, allow my, my relationship with the Qur'an through the barakah of this majlis to become strong. You know, this is, uh, every, any majlis in which the dhikr of Allah is taking place or the Qur'an is being explained is definitely a majlis which is th- surrounded by angels. So just simply the company. You know they say, I'm coming along for the company. You want to go out to eat? I don't care about eating. But you know, I I don't mind the company, people say. So subhanAllah here, there's spiritual sustenance. And most importantly, you have the company of the angels. So why wouldn't a person feel inclined to be in such a blessed gathering where you're surrounded by millions and countless angels? Uh, May Allah allow their uh, sifat and their attributes to rub upon us. And may He allow us to be, uh, gain angelic qualities. Amin, rabbal alamin. A'udhu billahi minash shaytanir rajim. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Wa ma arsalna qablaka illa Nuhi ilayhim Fasalu ahla dhikri in kuntum la ta'lamoon. This is an ayah that we translated and explained briefly last week. And we ended on this and we will restart on this very same ayah. Allah azawajal is saying, We have not sent prior to you any pro- any prophets, but who are all mere mortal men and so this is uh, the hikmah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he chose mortal men to be uh, prophets and did not choose angels And this is not a weakness this is a strength and this is a way people can uh, emulate the prophets who are human beings who have human needs and the, uh, the example can even be better when you see someone right in front of you similarly a thought comes to mind is when you hear about the stories of the salaf the pious predecessors especially of more recent times I will not even call them salaf, you'll say people who are... let's say I share stories of my teachers or you hear, teachers of, you hear stories of our grand teachers you hear, you hear stories of, of the righteous ulama of the recent century those who have passed away yesterday, those who are passing away you know, in the past few years. One great, if someone may say, why are we hearing the stories of the pious ulama? That's great, why don't we hear the stories of the Sahaba? And so you have to do both, obviously you have to hear stories of the prophets, story of Rasulullah stories of the Sahaba, and then stories of the pious ulama of the past and present. One reason is that when you hear about scholars stories and ulama and righteous pious people stories of this current era, it is easier to relate with it is easier for us to say you know what living in the 20th century 21st century this is the way they led their life then i don't have an excuse to say oh the era was different times were different which is usually the knee jerk reaction when we hear an inspiring story was times were different they didn't have cell phones then all right or they didn't have this then they didn't have this distraction etc so when you hear about someone who is leading an amazing life of righteousness to allah and and and, and obedience to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala right now then you really don't have an excuse. You say, well, if they're leading this life right now, what excuse do I have? So this is an explanation and a reason why it's important to hear the stories of the pious of this era. Along with hearing the stories of the pious of the past era. How am I sharing this with you? That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chose the prophets to be humans and not angels. Because you can connect with people better, when you know that they are from the same type of creation. If they're an angel, then you can have this excuse to say, he doesn't need to eat, he doesn't need to drink, hence he's able to do so much ibadah. But that doesn't apply, of course, in the story of, of the, of the uh, of if, they are pro, if they are human beings. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, okay, one more point here is, regarding prophets, we should understand that they are masum. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has protected them from committing any sins. They are human beings, but they are not basharun lak basharina They are human being but not, they don't have the, they are not the same like you and I because they are protected from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If they are human beings and they were able to commit sins like we all do, and we have the ability to commit sins, then this would be a big barrier in the tabliq of, of the deen. Because how do we know if the Prophet, if he's doing something, he's doing it while, he's, while he is, you know, making a sin. How do I know that I should follow him? That is why once Rasulullah was saying something, he became angry at something, a person who was writing, he stopped writing. And the Prophet corrected him and said, something along the lines, that continue to write for as a prophet whether I am angry or in uh, any other emotional state, nothing besides the truth will come out of this mouth. This is not for anyone else. Uh, everyone else when they're angry, they lose their mind, they say things that they regret afterwards. And they say things that they don't mean. If we understand this, my beloved friends, life will be so nice. Our relationships with our spouses will change. And when husbands say, I can't believe she said that. She broke my heart. Or she may say that about the husband. We need to understand that they're speaking uh, when they're very emotional. And we just have to understand that he's like a puppet. Someone else is doing the talking. Their lips are moving, but someone else is doing the talking. So if your spouse ends up saying something extremely hurtful to you, when you're angry, please do not completely, you know, take that at face value and say, I'm done, I can't believe you said that. And is this exactly what people do? That's exactly what they say. I can't believe you said that, I'm done with you. But look at the track record for the past 20 years you've been living together. Do they they say this regularly? Is this a normal thing? No, they say it only when they lose their mind. They're angry. Yeah, exactly. May Allah protect us all from having to suffer from an alcoholic in our family. But if you were to have an alcoholic, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It might be a father, it might be a mother, it might be a son, it might be a daughter. What happens? As soon as they become drunk, they begin to utter things that are most hurtful. They begin to say kufr. They begin to say, of course, things that you would never expect them to say. But do they say those things when they are uh, sober? No. So anger is also an intoxication of sorts. Anger is also an intoxication. So when a person is angry and says something to you, you should not take it at face value and say, I can't believe I'm hurt can't believe you said that. No, you you are foolish to, okay, they're angry, they're (laughs) ma'adhoor. They're excused, they don't understand, excuse meaning, leave them. They're just like, they don't know what they're talking about. They're drunk. But you're not. You are alert and awake, mashallah, you're sober. So understand that they are not in their right senses. So don't take what they've said at face value and say, I'm gonna end my relationship. It's sad that one of them ended up becoming angry and said what they said, but it's even more sad that the one who is not angry says, I'm done with the relationship because she said this or he said that. And this is the way shaitan gets into us. Yesterday's Bukhari Dars we talked about Madakhir Shaitan insan. The methods of shaitan gets into the human being. And one of the things we spoke about was al anger. What Ali said, Nadama, junun wa akhiru nadama." The beginning of it of anger is craze insanity, and the end of, of anger is, is uh, remorse. Your insanity turn into remorse. So the prophets if they were not ma'soom, we could not believe in what they said. Alhamdulillah, but they're masum. So now even if they're happy, or they're angry, or they're crying, or they're sad, or they're emotional, in all states we're gonna be able to take their words the biblical narrations about the prophets have so many problems, many of them where, they, where their prophets are accused of absolutely horrendous major sins. That an average, not a scholar or an imam, an average Muslim would feel uh, disgusted to sit with someone who does these things. Much less be someone who does it. Much less having a scholar or an imam do that. How can it be acceptable for us to believe that a prophet would do something like that? So, this is not the of aqeedah of a Muslim. Aqeedah of a Muslim is that the prophets must be ma'soom, as Allah says in Surth Yusuf. Indeed, I tried to seduce him. Who? Yusuf. فستعصم. But he was able to withhold himself. He was able to keep himself clean, pure, and away from me. فستعصم. The word isma comes in here. This is where this whole aqeedah and belief of ismatul anbiya, the Divine protection of the prophets is derived from this one verse of Surah Yusuf, Fastasam. I mean, there are many stories to support that many other verses, but the word Isma itself comes from here. So, when a person understands that the prophets are ma'sum, so now you can blindly follow a prophet. Blindly follow a prophet. When someone says, Uh, Did the Prophet really marry this many wives? Did the Prophet really marry Hazrat Aisha at this age? Did the Prophet really actually said this? For example, did he actually do this? Was his life really like that? Uh, You know the thing is, once you have trust in the Prophet when you study the Mu'ajizat and the miracles of Allah shown on the hands of Rasulullah you study the Qur'an, and you've come to the conclusion that Quran is a miracle and Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi sallam was genuinely a prophet. Once you've entered that door, now the case is rested, khalas. Now we can't sit there and question. Because why I'm saying this, I've said this before too, because this is a very big issue. Many people get worked up upon, worked out, worked up upon, upon this aspect, about the wives of Rasulullah sallam, the marriages of Rasulullah sallallahu sallam, or this statement or that statement. Beloved friends, if, if we know this is Rasulullah wasallam is a true Nabi of Allah, and he's Masoom and he is shari'ah. Allah is the one who sent down the law, and he explained the law, then yani, discussion closed. Certain things make sense to you, fine. Certain things don't make sense to you, it is what it is. But you've accepted him as the Prophet of Allah, and you cannot question that. Right? You can question if you don't believe in, in him to be a prophet. But when we begin to utilize our and um, someone said, "Subhanallah." Said uh, uh, he said, ajeeb Someone asked, "I think was it Munawwazim Nanadwi, rahmatullahi alaih that Hazrat uh, Quran uh, ki har ayat, you know, jhaye akal or Quran, you know, the every ay of the Quran should be uh, yes, this is it. Munawwazim Nanadwi. One time, Sir Sayyid Ahmad Khan wrote to him and said, deen ki koi baat akal ke khalaaf nahi hona chahiye." No aspect of deen should go against the logic. Huh? No aspect of the deen should go against the logic. said, you have no ki He said, you have mixed it up. It's no, no conclusion of your intellect should be against the deen. You have reversed it. He said, what? He was the the founder of one of the famous universities of India. He said, uh, no aspect of the deen should go against logic. And he said, no, you flipped it. The thing that decides what's right and what's wrong is deen. Not every random person's aql. Because everyone's got a different. Would you imagine today's aql, subhanallah. Today's aql, what's happening? It's crazy what's being allowed, what's being pushed, what the agendas are being pushed. If aql was the thing that is going to decide what's right, what's wrong, we are in big trouble. So he said, you flipped it. It's opposite. No conclusion of the intellect should go against the deen. Because deen is where you get your inspiration from. Deen is where you get the guidance from. Deen is where uh, it will tell you how to utilize this amazing God-given gift of aql. Aql, mashallah, is amazing. But how do you utilize it? Where do you place it? It's like that bullet example that we gave the other week of Quran. Bullet in uh, in the gun and throwing the bullet itself is not gonna do you anything by keeping like the mushaf in the bookshelf not gonna do any good the bullet must be placed in the right place which is the barrel similarly the Quran must be placed in the body so the aql itself is gonna be a a problem if you use it aql aql will not differentiate between a wife and a daughter there's no difference, it's the same thing a wife and a sister, same thing aql, pure intellect will not differentiate that deen will come and say no there's a huge difference there's a huge difference otherwise pure logic and intellect will not differentiate that so, when you have, when, when, when a person follows the, uh, the, 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 I was saying, when a person believes in the prophets to be true, then no action of theirs, even if it, your intellect doesn't understand it, doesn't appreciate it, or doesn't able to grasp it, you say, you don't understand, but you can't criticize. This is the respect we've learned from our teachers. باركاتهم, most honorable and most learned of, of my teachers, subhanAllah, a great scholar of, of, of the world. And remember when he would teach, in t- teaching Sahih al-Bukhari, he would mention sometimes the statements of various ulama. Sometimes he would mention the statement and explanation of Hazrat Shaykh zakaria rahmatullahi alayhi. And then he would mention his statement, he would give all these dali- and the way when he would mention his own statement, he would say, ki كِرَيَّهِ He would say, this is the opinion of the faqir. That was his own opinion on an explanation. But for students of knowledge in front of uh, our ustad, many times it becomes so crystal clear that what our teacher is saying makes so much more sense than what those who came prior to him have said in the explanation of the hadith. But he would never ever dare say that our sheikh or sheikh Zakaria or Funan, uh, you know, Ibn Hajar or uh, you know, someone had made a mistake. Never. Who am I to say they made a mistake? Instead, he would say, Has a sheikh kibat yahan." Uh, uh, what do you say? I was not able to grasp what Sheikh Zakir was saying. That's the wording he would use. I wasn't able to grasp what he's saying. <laughs> not to say he's wrong and I'm right. Even though that may be the case, but there's an adab and etiquette you have with your elders. So today's modern era, unfortunately there's no etiquette. So people will sit there, and I've seen books coming out of certain parts of the world, where you have... Uh, you know 7th 8th century scholars who have who are absolutely accepted upon by the whole world like, like the likes of Ibn Hajar rahimahullah. and uh, some other scholars and you'll see some masters thesis and you'll say ta'qubat right? these are all the mistakes I have found of Ibn Hajar really you're 22 years old born in 1999 and you are attacking an 8th century giant and you who who do you think you are? But also, it gets published and it's got all bunch of you know, introductions, and mashallah, you find it in the marketplace. And you pick it up and you laugh. Like, really, who do you think you are to sit there and tell? But this is the su'l adab. A person has the wording they use is that all these people have made mistakes. I remember once I was visiting a bookstore, uh, and, and, and a while after performing Umrah, and a random person came up to me and said, um, Who are you? I said, I'm, I'm a student of knowledge. That's all. I'm a student of knowledge I'm a fourth, fifth year student I was studying in South Africa He said, how many books have you written? How many books have you published? I was like, wow I said, I'm a student of knowledge I haven't written any books I'm still reading right? But the, the idea It has to do a lot with what we're speaking about right now here Is that academia and Islamic learning Unfortunately, when it's not coupled with dhikr Leads to this Which is arrogance Which is self-conceit Which is, whom rijal wa nahnu rijal. We are men and they are men Who's gonna? Who's who's to say that we can't criticize anyone from anywhere? You see a bunch of these YouTube YouTubers out there. <laughs> I don't watch those, but subhanAllah, once in a while someone sends it to me. It's funny because they're sitting there subhanAllah, in front of the crowd, or and actually you no know, crowd, just a you know screen or uh, you know, and they have some maybe a few people, a hundred people listening, or even if they have a million people listening, who cares? But the idea is they're going. They have made their their they made their channel run on what attacking of people. It's like a late night host, you know, just go attack, be vicious, and you get your ratings up. So this has been equated to knowledge. Some of our youth listen to this, it, like, wow man, he's ripping them apart. This is awesome. This, did you watch this? Did you listen to this? This is not our deen. Ripping apart people is not our deen. Ripping apart people is not our deen. Remember this, because this is what he called, dindari ka heza ho gaya. This is not dindari, this, 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 this is not piety, this is not traditionalism. Our teachers, we learn from our teachers. Just recently, with my sheikh, I was asking him. Someone said, "Hazrat, apne so and so." Did you hear someone? He was ripping apart, on a very famous scholar. Immediately, his response, he said, "Ye hone He said, "The reason why he, this person is ripping apart on another scholar in front of thousands of people is because no tazkiyah is, is took place." He said, this is not the way. If you have an issue, you will go to a person and you will sit and stand outside his house and say, Hazrat, you know, I need to, this is an issue here. Can we please resolve this? This is an issue. Because the issue is not about me or you, it's about the deen. And I feel you are misrepresenting the deen. And the deen is the most valuable thing. Billions and infinite number of times more valuable than you and I. So I've come to you to please sort this out. Your opinion is something that is not sitting right with me. Can we please talk it out for me to understand? This is the etiquette of ikhtilaf. Not to go and attack people through text, through online, through WhatsApp, through Facebook. This is, this is the lack of tazkiyah. Lack of zikr. Uh-uh. No zikr is happening. Pure raw information leads people to this. This is definitely not... The method of the prophets, not the method of the salaf, not the method of the a'imah, not the method of our teachers. When you have an issue, if you are sincere, then go speak to that person. Go speak to that person. If your your child's life was in danger, would you sit there just attacking people on the mic? Or writing stuff? Can you believe it? Someone stole my child. (laughs) Haha, this is crazy. What an idiot. And give a hundred synonyms of idiot. Face on Facebook. Or would you not have even the hush? And the, 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 the sense to go on Facebook And you be running around from one police station to the other Running around in your car trying to find your lost child And trying to go find the abduct, abductor So if you really care about the truth Then stop being a, what they call a keyboard warrior Behind the scenes, typing away anonymously Instead go to the person you have an issue with This is ikhlas, otherwise it's bakwas Not ikhlas, this is what? Bakwas what is it? It is to promote yourself to make people think that you're pious. And to make people think that, mashallah you have taqwa. This is not taqwa. Taqwa is just hai, go speak to them. Otherwise, who writes it? Imam Ghazali, He writes about this. Allah bidaayatul hidayah. Amazing. Bidaayatul hidayah, remember that book. Great book, beginning of guidance. He talks about under the section of ghibah. And he says how people don't realize how they make ghibah, to the extent that they'll start speaking about it's different ways Shaitan attacks you to make you do ghibah. One of them, he says, I wish I had the book I'd read it in front of you. It's amazing. He says, Rahim Allah <laughs> fulan. This guy's like this, this guy's like that, this guy's like that. That's obvious riba that unfortunately majority of people still do. One is a more hidden ghiba. He says, I of sauce. Oh, how sad. what happened? Bas bas make dua. Make du'a for who? Make dua for so and so. What happened to him? Just don't ask. He said, This is ghibah right here. He said, This is ghiba. Because why are you making this scene? So that someone asks, Oh, what happened about Fulan? He said, Oh, Fulan, did you not hear what he did? Did you not hear what she did? Did you not hear what they said? And so this is a big plot of presenting ghiba in the form of empathy and sympathy, which is nothing but ghiba. Imam Ghazali writes this. This is the shaitan's deception. For you to act like you're showing empathy and say, Inna lillahi wa inna li rajiun.' He says that, saying, Inna lillahi rajiun.' So why you saying, Inna lillahi rajun? That's how I forget it, man. Don't make me open my mouth. Please don't make me open my mouth. Please say, Come on, this is the truth. This is the huh? SubhanAllah. Just open your mouth. Don't worry about it. We, we're here. We, 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 oh, you could tell him on his face, couldn't you? So, how is that? That's another deception. You could go. Who said if you could tell him? That means you're Besharam. That's what you are. You have no hayah that you speak behind him and also in front of him. So he said people say people say that. may Allah uh, May Allah forgive his sins. May Allah rectify him. He said, This is not, this is not dua. This is all riba. He says, because if you really cared for his islah and rectification, you would privately go speak to him. And you wouldn't make a scene in front of people making du'a for him. This is no this is fake dua. This is all riba. So this is a, a reminder for our youngsters, many times, who, get all, who think that this is Dean, that you start attacking people. And you, this is all Twitter. Huh? From Twitter and the social media, etc. That we, this has become a whole a battleground. So please delete Twitter. Get off all of this stuff. Remember I told you people come and say to me, Sheikh, you said social media is, is like Sheikh Hussain mentioned this whole past weekend in the no-tech retreat. Uh, mashallah, amazing, amazing no-tech retreat we had for the students. And the majority of the talks were geared on the harms of cell phone. So sometimes people say, Brother, but I use my cell phone for da'wah. Right? I use it for Instagram for da'wah. What, 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 do you, what do you say about that? And the answer is, Da'wah, because I to say. Before you give da'wah, learn something. If you have Instagram and Twitter, what are you you learning? Delete all those stuff, come sit down with adab in front of an ustad and spend five ten years learning something. Then you can go online and start giving da'wah. Right now, if you want to give da'wah, go right now to the apartments right behind the masjid and the condominiums around the masjid. Invite them. Good people, Muslims right around the corner. But we don't necessarily, as a youngster who hasn't much... Uh, who hasn't got much level of, uh, of deen, depth in deen, we should not be resorting to da'wah online, one second one good tweet, and 999 wrong tweets. That's, that is unfortunately a very toxic environment. So I hope everyone's getting the hint here, that there's too much toxicity out there in the world wide web, worldwide web. Too much toxicity, too much attacking. This is not what a deen teaches us. This is the lack of, what did I say? Tazkiyah, Tazkiyah. this is what I've learned from my teachers. That if you don't have Tazkiyah, then you will utilize uh, all of this. And the sad part is, the guys who are doing this, haqiqatan, they've been taken for a ride. They don't even know what's happening. They're thinking that they're preserving deen while they're digging their grave in Jahannam somewhere else. They're digging a pit of hell. But all the non-stop wholesale ghibah that they do and create attacks. And I must say one more thing here. If a person, this is the era we're living in in America especially. The amount of people that come to the deen, to deen environments is so little, so few. That if within the same group of people, if we start getting into factions, and you say that this one, he's not exactly like how I, I, my teacher was, hence he's wrong. And this one is like that, and this one is like that. بَقِيرْ <laughs> Who's left? You, what are you working with? You're working with 0. Of the, you know, 0. 0.001% of the population. We're so few. From this one so, so few, if you sit there and you say he's, his beard is like this, his turban is like that, his daad is like this, his pronunciation of this is like that, and he's, he has this teacher, he has that teacher. If they are part of Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah, abs- they are not uh, a people who have left the fold of Islam, who have, made, who have rejected the fundamentals of Islam, who have rejected fundamentals of Islam like Quran, Hadith, the Ulama, the Salaf, the pious predecessors, the fuqaha, they haven't rejected that. They haven't rejected a a, a authenticated hadith. Uh, You know, they are following from the established schools of thought that are out there. Yes, there may be opinions that we don't, we vehemently disagree with. But in the front of this general public, we should not attack these ulama. Because guess what, that person you're speaking to, which this whole crowd, I don't know who I'm speaking with, listening online here, he may, his whole being may be from one person. And now you go say that 99% of, the, of that person is fine, 1% you disagree with, you go on a tirade attacking him for that 1%, what happens? This guy is gonna stop coming to the masjid. He's gonna lose. You say, oh really? This guy is not right? Oh my God, I've been my whole deen from him. I guess forget him. man, deen is not for me. This is the situation. When you have differences with scholars, or is, first of all, who are... We have to be someone to have a difference with a scholar. We have to be someone like, uh, I think was it Harun Rashid? Story, I think so. It's a nafhat al-arab in the Arabic book that we studied in madrasa. It's a story, it's called titled Anfun Filma," ma' uh, Anfun Filma." What is it? fil Right. That's what it's titled. <laughs> it says Harun Rashid was, 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 it was, it was, it was walking, was going on his beautiful horse with the whole conveyance. And um, then he heard someone saying something, whispering. She said, what did you say? There was a cobbler in the street. A guy working on shoes. He stopped the caravan and said, Who is this guy? He said something. And he said, Yes, call him. He said, Call him. What did you say? He said, I was just making a statement. He said, What was the comment? He said, I he said, Ever since the Khalifa has fought for, with his brother, he has fallen from the, my esteem. He has fallen is a cobbler in the street. So this is the story, that's it. But what is it titled? Anfun filma الماء وإستن في your Nose is in the water, and the backside is in the sky. Meaning a person really doesn't have any قدر و it He doesn't have any value in society, and he's giving big opinions. So if a person is not a student of knowledge, an advanced student of knowledge, we have no right to critique people. This is what I'm trying to tell you. Follow your scholar, follow your local imam, بس. But leave the heavy lifting of who's right and who's wrong. For Allah's sake, don't start doing that. Because you have no idea what you're getting yourself into. Instead of really benefiting yourself or the ummah, you're going to harm yourself and harm your akhirah. That's why the ulama have said, and this is a statement very famous, they say, The flesh of the scholars is poisoned. What does that mean? The flesh of the scholars is poisoned. Meaning, that riba is horrible, but the riba of the ulama by far is the worst thing. When a person does a riba of an alim, then he will definitely get poisoned by that. And so that's why the, uh, some of the scholars have said, the example of an alim that doesn't practice even his deen, and he practices messed up. He's not practicing the deen, but he's a scholar. This, his example is like a Quran that has been misprinted. A Qur'an that has been misprinted. Do you read the Quran? Do you recite Qur'an from there? If the ayats have been flipped around, pages have been flipped around? No. I know we have sometimes, we've seen, received copies like that, where pages six, eight pages are missing from a para. Pages are flipped. So it's, you can't read from there. But do you, Allah forbid, disrespect it? Tell me? Of course not. You're gonna take the Qur'an, you're gonna put it exactly in the shelf with the other Qur'ans and say, do not use or, or full on pages missing until you can find an appropriate place to bury it or dispose of it. So he says, this is the example of a scholar that's not practicing the deen, is that you still can't disrespect them. But it's just that you will not read from them, i.e. you will not benefit from them and take their fatwa if they're not practicing, or if, they're, if they've really gone off. What a beautiful example. So the action of attacking scholars, which has become all too common today, is something we must refrain from. This is again the reason why it's happening. A lack of true knowledge, and number two, lack of tarbiya. Lack of tarbiya. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make our islah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rectify us. May Allah increase us in our knowledge. May Allah protect us from any and all forms of backbiting, whether they're scholars or anyone else. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to be in the company of the truly right, rightly guided ones. Amin, Rabbil Alameen. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is here, then says, Fas'alu dhikri in kuntum la ta'alamun. That ask the people of remembrance if you don't know. We spoke about this last week, that. Uh, we spoke about this last week um, That Ask A'ulama who have tazkiyah Do you remember that? That was what I ended on The talk last week That when you're making When you're making mashura And when you're asking opinions Then ask such scholars Who are not only people of knowledge But people Who have done their tazkiyah And when you sit with them In private too You feel content Ki ye Yes, this person, if I hold on to him, he will guide me to Jannah. You have to feel that contentment. Now when you're feeling uh, in secluded behind closed doors, you feel uneasy. Like, oh my God, what was going on there? What's going on over here? And then that's not good. But if you feel that this person's heart is connected to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you feel content, then those are the people you need to be benefiting from. So ask the people, of not, if you don't know, last week we said one tafsir of this, that this means ask the people of the book. Yehud and nasara but how were your prophets? Were they humans or the angels? And they'll give you the answer Then the second explanation of this was Asked the ulama who do zikr Okay, we talked about that Now, in kuntum la talamun, What does in kuntum la talamun mean? If you don't know Well, here one explanation Beautiful explanation has been given Is that the reason you're asking a question Should be, well, you don't know something That's why you ask We should not ask To make someone look foolish We should not ask to look down, uh, to make someone feel inferior. We should not ask to showcase uh, our, uh, 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 what you call, superiority in knowledge. We should not ask to cause dispute between two scholars. Acha, that's your fatwa. Guess what? His fatwa is that. You know, these are common etiquettes we were taught in madrasa. MashaAllah, we just kind of learned these etiquettes. That Never ask a question to two teachers on the same day. Right, and if you're going to ask a question, never ever tell the teacher that. But how come that other teacher said this? Because this is against etiquette. Right? If you okay, another thing, don't ask something that you know just to show people that, mashallah, I'm asking such a complicated question. So these are all examples of not having ikhlas when you're asking. And when you ask questions like these for these reasons, then they are not going to bring the blessing, blessings and the happiness. Of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala I was speaking about uh, Just a point came to me or mine right now I was just speaking about Once you have believed That the prophets are Prophets Then we have no right To sit there and say But why this But why that You just have to listen And obey So today so One of the brothers shared here uh, A statement of uh, Abu Sahal Sa'aluki Rahmatullahi alayhi He says Regarding a sheikh He said Man qala li Lima La yaflahu abada He's a, he says, one who says to a sheikh, why? He's from 369 Hijri, who passed away 369 Hijri. He says whoever, says, whoever says to a sheikh, why, will never be successful. Whoever says to a sheikh, why, will never be successful. Again, not any and every sheikh. Anyone who has a long beard doesn't become your sheikh. Anyone who gives a nice speech doesn't become your sheikh. Once you have done, gone through all the procedure of finding someone of knowledge, someone of teskiyah, now he says, this is how it should be done then obey. This is one issue that we have a major problem with, because we have too much ana, too much nafs. Too much nafs. Any time you say something, but... But why? That's the reason. If you, t- I was mentioning to the students, all these things, things I was speaking to, the grad- to our seventh year students, these same qualities. I said, brother, as a graduating alim عالم or alima, you have to make sure these horrible, uh, you know, uh, spiritual diseases you don't suffer from. Make a for it now. Now. You have to make Islah for it. Like how do we make Islah for it? How do we correct it? You will correct it if you are wanting to be corrected. You will be corrected if you desire to become better. That's how it is. But look at those people who, play, who are trying to be good at basketball. How many hundreds of hours are spending on the court? Right? So similarly, if you say, I want to become a better person. I want to have my akhlaq to be better. I want to have good humility. Then we need to always be reflecting on what we're saying, to whom we're saying. And we should have this open we should be oh, approachable. Tell people who are close to you. If you see me speaking out of line, if you see me doing something that is reproachable, I please, I ask you, instead of going telling the whole world, come and tell me. Because you telling the world is not going to help me. And it's just harming you. Instead, come and tell me what it is. So this aspect, if we all, Mashallah, sitting here, take into ourselves, that I want to become a better person. Every brothers, we have a few years left, a few days left, a few hours left, a few decades left, we don't know. Very little time. This is the time for us to rectify ourselves. So you know, people around you might be horrible. Fine, Allahu Alam. But let's make sure we're not horrible. Uh, As the Ustaz says, Zalim, you know, Mazlum banna to banjai, Zalim kabina banna. If you end up becoming oppressed, go ahead but never become an oppressor. Never become an oppressor in a relationship. Never become an oppressor. See, you know, with with a calm collective sense, Ask someone, your own spouse, your own children, your own parent, whatever. What are the things that I can improve on? This is one of the homework I gave one of the years to do. I said, go home ask your mom and dad. Ask your siblings and ask your classmates. What is it that you see in me that you always think, oh my God, this guy's like this. But instead of thinking, why don't you just share with me? And unfortunately, this mizaj has gone away. People don't ask and people don't tell. People don't ask and people don't tell. This is the munafakat. Right? It's, we are living a life of hypocrisy. People don't tell you at your face, but they go tell the whole world. They'll go tell on Facebook. They'll go tell on Twitter. But they won't come and say, brother, I was hurt. Why, why are you going on Google reviews and sharing that? If a business owner did something, tell him on his face. Tell him, this is what it is. But what, and if you really want correction, by going telling the world, you're not getting anywhere. So this is sad part what we live in. We live in an unfortunately very, a world of, filled with hypocrisy. May Allah protect you and I from becoming such hypocrites. May Allah protect us from being two-faced. And whatever we see something wrong in, in someone else, may Allah give us the courage to be able to with wisdom and hikmah allow our message to be sent over to them. I was speaking to the student. I said, you see someone. When he's doing sujood, his back is being exposed. His satr is being exposed. He's wearing low-riding jeans. Or, you know, he's wearing uh, uh, what you call... Uh, he would, obviously, he's not realizing that what he's doing. Or his, his, his sajda is completely off. He did up and down, kissed the ground within one rakat, within maybe 15, 20 seconds, 30 seconds. What would you do? You can't, you can't just shrug your shoulders. He's, 20, he's 45 years old In your are 20. If you go tell him, it's not gonna, he's gonna feel really offended, maybe. Well, guess what? You can write a note. You can write a note and leave it quietly behind where he's sitting, where he's performing salah and leave. Or you can ask someone, fold it up and say, you know what, this little kid here, hey, listen, when that uncle says, say some uncle gave this to you, I don't know his name, and he just told me to deliver it. He doesn't need to, need to know what's inside it. There you go. But that fikr and concern should be in us. The miskin, he's praying salah here. What is the use of this salah, the way he's praying? His satr is exposed, I saw him in the wudu area. His, his, his toes, his heels are all dry. Allahu alam, how long he's been praying like this? He came out of the bathroom, there's urine all over the floor, that means there's definitely probably urine on his clothes. What's gonna happen to his salah? And now instead of swearing at that person, how does that help? Instead of uh, berating that person, yelling at that person, how does that help? He's a, he has a sense of self-dignity as well he's a grown man today little children have we realize they have emotions For maybe they didn't realize that a few, a few decades ago but now everyone realizes that a three-year-old, two-year-old will get upset you can't speak to him too harshly if you even raise your voice starts crying or start pouting or whatever so definitely a fifty-year-old, forty-year-old, thirty-year-old adult if you go sit there and attack him it's not gonna work so write a little note send a little message send it with someone this is where we, our community will grow this is how we become a non-toxic community. Seriously, let us make this masjid, and hopefully all other masajid eventually, a community in which we love one another for the sake of Allah. And that we are looking out for our best interest. Right? And that we are hoping that today I'm correcting someone, else, someone else's son, I hope with my son, if he does anything wrong, someone else will come out and correct my son. We have to become one family, correct one another. This is how the deen is supposed to be. So if you're asking questions Without the proper niyyah Then this is not something you're gonna get rewarded for What are the type of questions we should ask? A companion came It's mentioned by Abdullah ibn al in uh, In Al-Hilyatul Awliya A man came, he said Ya Rasool Allah, O the Prophet of Allah li min khara'ib al-ilm I came to you asking for you to teach me The interesting, unknown, strange things of knowledge Like what? Like, you know, the color of the dog of the people of the cave, as they say, right? right? These type of random things. What's going to happen when you go to Mars? If one of your students, you have some people like that in your class? Hmm? No? Yeah, yourself. Okay, so so asking random questions. Bye. Do you know your sixteen duas of the morning and evening? Let's. Uh, that's the answer I should give as a teacher. Now stop discussing all that nonsense. This is that's all shaitan. You don't need to get in there You're a first year student. Stop asking things that are irrelevant. Our ustad when I ask him things in first year, he said no pele si No pele kyun jannah? He <laughs> why, why are you trying to be you know, coming out before nine months? خلاص, there's a time for you. Stop asking things before the time. So, Sahabi comes and he says, Ya Rasulullah, I want to know some interesting, strange things of knowledge. Rasulullah told that Bedouin, What have you done with the foundational knowledge? What have you done with the foundational knowledge? The tafim program over here. Tafim program, that's foundational knowledge. Maqasid al Sharia is not your foundational knowledge. People come and say, we want to know the maqasid al-shari'a and we want to discuss some advanced things. We want to study Sha'a hujjatullah al-baligh. This is a serious story, so I'm sharing with you. I want to study Sha'a al liyullah's hujjatullah al-baligh. Okay, can you recite 10 surahs with tajweed? By Allah, they cannot recite it. They don't even know surah Fatiha with tajweed. We want to have a discussion of hujjatullah. This is all nurani waswasa. This all make you feel good. Oh, I'm becoming very intellectual, Islamically philosophical. I love these discussions. Let's go, I go to a coffee shop, grab some coffee, and I'll sit there and discuss things. Yeah, Right? This is all seriously deception of shaitan. Focus on the basics of knowledge. Do you know that or not? He says, he said, Wama عِلْمُ The Bedouin said, Ya Rasulullah, what is the foundational knowledge? "Qala Do you know your Lord? Do you know who Allah is? This is the asal ilm. Who is Allah? What are His attributes? What are His qualities? What does He mean to you? Why should we worship Allah? You have to know that. If you don't feel inclined to worship Allah, that's a problem. If I don't feel inclined to raise my hand and ask from Allah, that's a major problem. All philosophical discussions to one side. I first need to feel and understand the need to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and understand who He is. So then, uh, Rasulullah, فَقَالَ مَشَاءَ Allah He responded, Whatever Allah will, I know about Him. That's about it. The Prophet said, "Fama What have you done with regards to the rights of Allah? Meaning, in araftahu, if you really know him, so what have, what positions have you taken? What's that? What, what, what 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 How have you obeyed him? Then the Prophet asked him, "Hal arafta al Have you recognized and understood death?" He said, "Masha'allah. Whatever Allah willed, I know about death." He said, "Fama What have you prepared for that day when you're going to leave this world? What have you prepared for death and dying?" Then the Prophet ﷺ said, "Idhab, فَحْكُمْ ma hunalik. Go and become an expert and solidify what I just shared with you. The usool of deen, the fundamentals of deen, learning who Allah is, learning who your Prophet is, learning about akhirah, learning about your death, learning how to make dua, learning how to stay away from haram. That is the fundamentals of knowledge. Beloved friends, this is another place where we are unfortunately lacking. That we love to have uh, philosophical discussions, sophisticated discussions about you know all sorts of things. People come and say we want to speak about establishment of this and that. You know how about how we can have Islamic Islamic laws, falan. And Subhanallah, the idea, simple thing is by before you get to that discussion, bring Deen in your house. Has everyone in your house prayed right now? Fajr? Did everyone pray Isha? Right? Whatever you doing. If you are not seriously, it's why? Because Discussing doesn't cost you anything. A way to digest the food. Philosophical discussions that are now relevance immediately is a way to digest the food and to make you feel intellectual, to make you feel imp- like you're something special and while you enjoy the Saturday night dinner. But now to say, oh my son and daughter didn't pray salah, oh my God, that's really painful, isn't it? You gotta do something about it. You have to ask yourself, why isn't my house not under control? Why is there no deen in the house? I say Pakistan, ye hora, Afghanistan, ye hora, Saudi Arab, me house We talk about all the Muslim countries, there's no deen here. My God, the, the Arab world is like this, and the Fulan world is like this, and Imran Khan is like this, and Nawaz Sharif is like this, funa. But what is happening to Mr. yourself? You are the president, prime minister, uh, defense secretary, home secretary, everything at home. Isn't it? You and your wife. It's just figure out how you, who's, who's taking what position But we haven't been able to sort things out at our home What a useless discussion to talk about the world I'm, I know this is uh, I wouldn't speak like this in a classroom I'm speaking to this crowd over here This is a place to speak about world politics But for average men We're wasting our time Because why? Our houses are on fire Most of us, our houses are on fire. It's upside down, inside out. No one's under control. We ourselves are not under control. We've lost our minds. We're not submissive to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When I as a husband and a father am not submitting myself to Allah, how can I expect my children? This is mentioned about from the tabi'in, I don't remember his name. He would say, when I come out of my house and I see my horse or my camel being uh, being a little rowdy, a camel is not acting proper, and trying to put the reins around it, and it's fighting back. Immediately I start thinking, which sunnah did I neglect today? Which ibadah of Allah did I neglect today? Because of which Allah has made my subordinate turn against me. So when you you and I see children going off track, you really need to start asking yourself, what have you done? Wrong. What have I done wrong? I'm telling you this is a tough question. You know, may Allah make it easy for me to ask myself and answer myself every day. And may Allah make it easy for all of us. Okay, it's, it's easy to complain about the kids. But bigger say? Sayyid, what do you say? You agree with me? You don't? Huh? We said today the youth have messed up. They said let's have youth programs. No, we need to have parent programs. Today we need to have parent programs. The youth, they'll come later. Because more than likely the parents are gonna go into the grave first anyway. They need to come right. When the parents come right, then the youth will come right. Today's children, the way they're being misled is because wrong priorities from the parents, mistakes have done. CDC Dibat, I know no one wants to say this, no one wants to talk about it. We love to hear, you know, nice talks, pat on the back, round of applause. Yeah, we like to hear that. But we can't always hear that. We have to always we have to also hear sometimes the bitter truth that I need to become subservient to Allah. Then I need to make the other adults in my house subservient to Allah. Then inshaAllah ta'ala, the rest will become subservient to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Okay. ma Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, neither did we create them as mere bodies. Yani Allah did not create the prophets,